0: I'm very excited for our next series, which um, Pastor Ade spoke up, uh, upon two weeks ago, um, and it's called Bold. So, I want to introduce our speaker for today, Benita. <laughs> hey guys! Hey guys! Say hey neighbor. Hi my neighbor. Say hey neighbor. You're looking fine today. Let's give it PG, yeah? Let's give it it PG, yeah? Okay, so today we're gonna be doing a series called Bold. Can you say bold? Bold. Amen, okay, you can take a seat, though. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah. I like to start my my thing with jokes, but I didn't have any jokes today. Aww. Just kidding, I got a joke. Okay, so I've I've already said this joke, but I'm gonna say it again anyway. So, what do you call a skeleton? Okay, I didn't mean to do it because Halloween's on Thursday. That wasn't that wasn't related. I just thought it was just that. What do you call a skeleton? Well, no, no. What did a skeleton get at the Chinese restaurant? Bones, meat, boneless. Chi- that was great. That was quite good. Boneless chicken. Spare ribs! Can you give me a round of applause? Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. you. I got another joke, I got another joke. What language do cats speak? I made this one up myself. (laughs) Meow Persian. I've told you all this joke. I've told a lot of you this joke. So you should know the answer to the joke. Siamese! we Chinese, yeah, 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 cool. Okay, let's move on, swiftly. <laughs> okay, <laughs> remember for next time, because I will reuse that joke. It's my best joke yet. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at bold. All right, so why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them what you think the word bold means. I want to hear chatter. Okay, so what did you guys get? And by the way, you guys look so great today. I just wanted you to let you know that. Ah, thanks. So, <laughs> so what did you guys get? Fearless. Mm. Stands out. Mm. Yeah, it stands out. <laughs> <laughs> Very confident. confident. Uh, standing up for what you believe in. Mm. Courageous. Courageous. <laughs> uh... I uh, also I said that um being like the op- being bold and <laughs> being afraid. See listen, they hit on the spot. Yeah. I said being bold and being afraid aren't opposites. Uh, where mm. being bold is taking action whilst you're afraid. Wow. So deep. <laughs> Amen. Okay, cool. So cool. Okay, so the um Yeah. So a lot of the things that I got when I was looking on Google was that if you are unafraid, if you're confident, and often when you think of like bold colors, you're thinking of like contrasting colors, like things that like stand out. So similar to like what all you guys are saying. But when I was looking in the Bible, the word, I'm going to give you a bit of Greek, is um, parathasia. Do you want to say it with me? Parathasia. Parathasia, yeah. Cool. So getting a bit bilingual. So yeah, it means... um, so when they talk about it, they kind of talk about it being like when people like openly speak. So in the Bible, when the disciples and Jesus, when they were speaking openly, like in public, you would they would use that word parathasia, do you get what I mean? Like you're in public, everyone can see you, and you're not afraid to speak. And so all the derivatives of the word bold and the w- of the word like courageous and confident comes from that original Um, meaning. So there's three definitions. So the first one is um, freedom of speech. So speaking openly, speaking frankly. Um, You're not ambiguous. You're you're not using comparisons. You're not hiding. You know, you're just bold. You're speaking out. You're open. Can everyone say open for me? Open. You're open because you're not afraid. The second one is like being, you know, courageous, confident. You're not covered by shame. And the third one is, you know, public, you know, saying things publicly and not being afraid of what people think. So I want us to turn to Hebrews 4, um, verses 16, please. And while I want you to turn to it. I just want to share a testimony. So you know my friend Tadaki who just came and said a testimony, right? So I went to the toilet just now and there was like a TMI butt. Yeah, and then there was, like, a a coin on the floor, and Tadaki's from Canada, and then I felt like God was saying that, that coin, like, just pick up the coin, like, I'm saying something to you, and the coin was from Canada, too, and it's just like, wow, like, upstairs, so, yeah, God is moving. Anyway, so is everyone there? Hebrews 4.16? Yeah. Can we do NLT? No, okay. So it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one that has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. So here in the NLT version and in the Greek, this bit when it says, approach the throne of grace, it says, so let us come boldly to the throne of grace. So it's the same word, parathasia. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in a time of need. So I don't know where we're all at in terms of our walks with Jesus or, yeah, just like our walks with Christianity. I just kind of wanted to take it to the beginning. And so here it says, let us then approach the throne of grace, that's, that's God's throne, with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So obviously, um, I don't want to be morbid, but you know, there's going to be a day when all of us dies. Yeah. And um, you know, like that is something that is known, right? That life and death happens and it's something that is definitely going to happen, but as Christians, we can stand boldly in front of the God who created us because of Jesus's sacrifice, that's a, that's pretty mad, like if we understand that the God who, the God who created everything, who created heaven, who created earth, who is literally bigger than we could ever imagine, who is unconditional, unfailing, his love is never-ending, He is like the Almighty, and we can stand in front of his throne boldly because of what Jesus did. So when Jesus died, every single thing you have ever done was literally paid for. I am paid for. Why don't we say that I am paid for? I am spoken for. We can stand in front of the Lord Almighty boldly. And remember what that word means. It means standing openly. You're not covering. You're not afraid. You're not afraid of people's questions. You're not afraid of something. You can stand there boldly. You know, the Bible says that we are holy and blameless because the God looks at Jesus when he sees us. The one that has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin the perfect sacrifice. So the fact that he died for us means that we can stand boldly in front of God's throne. I feel like that deserves a round of applause. I feel like that deserves a bigger round of applause. Thank you. Yeah, that's mad. We can stand boldly in front of God because of Jesus' sacrifice. He says that we are holy and blameless. He knows every single thing we've ever done. He knows every single thing we've ever thought. He knows everything. And yet he says, you are holy and blameless because I died for you. He did. You know, we were singing, um, you didn't want heaven without us. So you came. So you brought heaven down. Like he wanted a relationship with you. He died for you so that you can stand boldly in front of his throne. And I feel like that changes everything. Like, if we actually receive that revelation, that changes everything. Because if I can stand in front of God, the perfect and just being, then I can stand in front of anyone, right? Like, it it trickles into every single area of your life. So, I thought of three things. So, the first thing is we stop striving, we stop hiding, and our faith starts rising, I got bars. I got bars. <laughs> okay, so... Should I say again. again? No, no, sorry, no, sorry. No. <laughs> okay, we stop hiding. We stop striving. And our faith starts rising. Yeah. Amen. Okay, so let's... So we stop striving. We realize that we are a child of God. We realize that this God decided to die for me. This God said that you are enough. So no, whatever anyone else says, it doesn't come close to it. We stop striving. And this might seem like a simple message and this might seem like something, okay, I've heard this again and again and again. Yeah, Jesus died for me and yeah, I'm holy and blameless. But do we actually live that out, you know? I feel like so many times we're we're covering ourselves because we're afraid of what people will think and we're always just like, kind of got a head down and it's just like don't look at me too tough because you don't know me like you don't know like the real me but Jesus says I know the real you and I, I, I want you to stand tall boldly in front of my throne you are holy and blameless there is like there's no spot or wrinkle on you you know like okay so let's go to Genesis 3. We need to say amen. We need to say amen. Cool. So it says, um, yeah. So Genesis 2, verse 25, it says, and the man, so I'm going to start from the end of 2, just to give some a bit of context. Genesis 2, verse 25, then I'm going to go. So, and the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Even if we pause there for a second, they were naked and they were not ashamed. Even if you think about that concept, like being so bold, being so open that you just you're not ashamed, open like, you know, that's that's what we were created to do, you know, be so unashamed in every single circumstance, just walking with God unashamed. But yeah, let's keep going. So Genesis verse chapter three verse. Um, Mm. Let's go from verse 2. And the woman said to the serpent, "We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden." But God said, "You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die." So these are the first two Adam and Eve, the first two humans, and God said, "Don't eat the center um tree." So when the woman saw the tree that was good for food, and that it was delightful to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. But she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God said to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the fruit of the tree that I commanded you not to eat? Yeah, let's stop there for a sec. So, okay. So, God asked them not to eat this fruit, right? And um, if we go back, sorry. So, God asked them not to eat this fruit. And then in verse um, 10, in verse 10, it says. And he said, I, hear, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And something that I heard about this verse was that Adam defined himself by his mistake. So he didn't say, oh, I made a mistake, so I hid from you. He said, I was naked, so I hid from you. Do you get know what I mean? It's like, Shame says that I am, I am this, I am naked, I am an addict, I am, you know, X, Y, and Z. But God says, that's a mistake, and I've wiped the slate clean. But some of us, we're still carrying around that label, like, I am a victim, I am an addict. Like, we carry that around because we don't believe that what Jesus did on the cross was enough. God is saying that I've wiped every single thing clean. Like he's loved you through the pain. He's loved you through the shame. He's loved you through the guilt. It's all been paid for. And I want to challenge us today, what are we holding on to? Because here in in verse 10 it says, or verse 9 or verse 8, it says, they... The man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. Their shame caused them to hide from the presence of God. Sometimes we feel like we're hiding from people. We feel like we're hiding from ourselves. But when we allow shame to cover us, we're hiding ourselves from God. And God wants all of you. Shame, I want us to be people that We've fought shame, you know? We fought shame and we won, because what Jesus did on the cross was enough. I am loved through everything that's ever happened to me, and I am loved to, through everything I've ever done. And that's the same for you. You are loved through every single thing that's ever happened to you, and you are loved through every single thing you've ever done. God did not want you to be covered in shame. He wants you to be bold. He wants you to be open. He wants you to be unashamed. To be bold means to be open and unashamed. So I just want us to reflect for a moment. Is there something that you're holding on to? And what what would it take for you to let that go? Sometimes we want vengeance. Sometimes we want punishment for ourselves or for other people. But Jesus is enough. He's enough. And the accuser, the the devil is called the accuser. And even if you think about that word, accusations, that's kind of saying are you this you're this you're this you're this it's the same thing like it's giving you names that you're not it's giving you identities that you're not like the bible says that you are a child of god the bible says that you're holy and blameless that you're the head and not the tail like those are the words that god uses for you not these labels that sometimes other people or ourselves we give them give ourselves these labels So, we stop striving and we stop hiding. We know who we are. And the final point is our faith starts rising. So, let's go to the story of Lazarus. So, I think it's in John. John 11. Yeah, okay, cool. So, now a man named Lazarus was sick he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose mother, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After this, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, that's, that's another word for boldly, its like openly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into this world. Yeah. Let's stop there for a sec. So, um, yeah. Uh, I love the bit where it says even now, like even now, even though my brother has died. So Mary and Martha and Mary, um, has, Lazarus' brother has just died. And Jesus waited until he died before he came. And Martha was able to say, I know who you are, Jesus. And I know that if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But even now, I know you can do something. And when we know who God is, and when we know who we are, we can demand God to move, you know, because we know the inheritance that we have, and you can see from this story that it's all about Jesus, like Jesus was coming to raise Lazarus up for his glory, and somebody somebody gave me a word, and they said that Um, So like a prophetic word, so they didn't really know me, but they just said like, oh, I feel like this is what God is saying to you. And um, to give you some context, Lazarus has died. And before it said that there was a stench because he had died for four days. Right. But then in chapter 12, it says um, that Lazarus rose up again and that um, Lazarus was sitting at a table with Jesus. And then Mary took a pound of expensive ointment from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with fragrance of perfume. And somebody gave me a word, and I really feel like it's for all of you as well, that like there was a point where things have, you know, died or like feel like they've disappointed you. You've gone through seasons where you're just like, God, where were you? If you are here this wouldn't have happened if you were here you know why why didn't you come earlier why didn't you do something but the fact that there was also a stench of death in the air like it wasn't just you but like it feels like everyone around you knows that wow this this whole thing has just gone left like why is why is it why is life like this right now but but there was also a time where Lazarus rose again, but the, the smell in the air was no longer death, but it was the fragrance of worship, the perfume that Mary broke on Jesus' feet. And so I was thinking, what does that mean? You know, like first of all, it smelled like death, then Jesus came through and now the air smells like perfume. But it's when we fix our eyes on Jesus and not our own situations, we're able to worship through the tough times. And we're able to realize that, wow, this actually isn't about me. It's about him. And we're able to be bold because we're like, you know, my situation doesn't look like I want it to, but I know that you're the God that changes things around. I know You're that you're the God that whatever your will is, like, So shall it be, because I can only give you a lifetime worth of worship. Like, you're so worthy that it doesn't matter. Do you get what I mean? That, like, he's so worthy that no matter what your situation looks like, he's worth it. And so, like, even when we worship, even when we do anything, like, if we turn our eyes to Jesus... We're able to be bold because we're not doing it for the approval of man. We're doing it because he is worthy. We're able to lift up our hands. We're able to dance. We're able to sing. We're able to share the gospel, not because we want ourselves to look good, but because he's worthy. Like, if we if we even read um, Revelation chapter 5, um, it speaks about how there were these amazing creatures standing around the throne of God but it was only Jesus that was worthy enough to to change the game like it was only Jesus that was able to save us from our sin it was only Jesus and like i just want us to think about even the things that we've gone through or the things that the insecurities that we might have and i want us to say like I'm willing to lay these down because you are worthy. I'm willing to talk to my friends. I'm willing to lift up my hands. I'm willing to, you know, not care what people think because you are worthy and you say that I am enough. Yeah? Like, he is worthy and he says that you are enough. Can we say that? He is worthy and he says that I am enough. And that's just the premise I feel like when I was reading or when I was researching for this of where boldness comes from where this this sense of being unashamed this sense of being open comes from that he is worthy he is the God of the universe he is beautiful he is unfailing and never ending he is the one that decided to die for you even before you even knew him he decided to die for you even before even before you were even born, you know, like he is so worthy, and sometimes we can come into these situations or we can go through life and we can be so caught up with, but my situation it just it's so hard, and like but do you know that you can stand in front of the throne of God openly like? Even Apostle Paul, he was able to be so bold because he knew that in life or in death, he's won. Like, in life, he's with, like, he's able to preach the gospel of Christ. But in death, he's able to be with Jesus, like, he's won. Like, do you guys know that you've won this game because of Jesus? Like, you've actually won this game. Like, either way. Either way, no matter how your situation goes, even now, God can change something. And even like the Hebrew boys in the fire, even if he doesn't, I know my God is good. And I feel like you guys should go into all of your situations. Even now, God can change something. But even if he doesn't, I know that he's good. Even now, he can change something. But even if he doesn't, he is worthy of my praise. No matter what has happened, like we should be able to worship God in our own rooms, in public, with this new sense of boldness. Because even now, God can change it. And even if he doesn't, he's worthy. And yeah, I feel like there's there's so many things in that. But I want us to think about what's something that's holding you back? What's something that you feel like is covering you? Is it like social media? Is it Instagram? Is it Like the way that your family may see you, the way that your friends may see you, it feels like no one really sees the real you. But do you know that the Lord of the universe sees you and loves you, that he said that you are enough, that you can stand in front of the throne of God and stand there boldly? So, yeah, let's rise. And you guys like want to like find a space if you want to you don't have to stay in your pews. But um yeah, find a space. And um I just want us to um take a moment and just have a moment with God. And just ask him, Lord, is there something that I am using to cover myself with? Is it my achievements? Is it my career? Is it um, my relationships? Is it the way that other people see me? Is it something that, is there something I'm hiding from you? And I want you now just to imagine that you're, you're able to drop it and out of it comes this perfume of worship. Out of it comes this fragrance that is beautiful and i want us to think about there might be some of us in here that doesn't really know jesus and doesn't really know that wow there's this jesus out there that that's actually died for me or maybe you've heard this at, you know so many times and you thought about okay there will be a time where i might have to think about what happens after I die but I don't really want to think about that right now but I just want to tell you that Jesus has paid the price so that you can stand openly and boldly in front of the Lord Almighty and I want us to yeah just accept him accept him if you want to to step closer to him to have a relationship with him And if there are some of us here who's dealt with disappointment, has dealt with circumstances that are challenging, I want you to say, even now, I know my God will do something, but even if he doesn't, he's worthy. I want want to challenge you, how are you walking today? How are you walking today? How are you walking today? Stand tall and know that you can stand in any situation openly and boldly because the Lord has paid for you. He has loved you. You are completely and completely loved. So we're just going to go into a time of worship. Um, If you want prayer, there'll be people just standing over there. But um, Let's worship him because he's worthy, not because we feel like it. Let's worship him because he's God, not because he's come through and he's done this and this and this for us. Let's take a step today to say, you know what, I'm going to step in. I'm going to I'm going to worship him because he's enough.